Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses, workshops, and webinars for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you're an early stage startup or still in ideation, then Launchpan is the course designed for you. All the basics and more saving you tons of time and thousands of dollars in launching and growing your food, beverage, or small goods business. More details are available at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. What you need to know to grow. I'm welcoming to the podcast today, Sebastian Nam, and Sebastian is a multifaceted bilingual and bicultural entrepreneur who specializes in digital marketing and in international business development. Sebastian started a successful real estate career in his early years, which he left as he started a baseball bat company, where he was importing wood from his home country of Argentina. That baseball bat company merged and sold its name back in 2013, but in the process, he became an expert in all things digital marketing. He co-founded Socketbox Media seven years ago with a focus on search engine optimization and later co-founded the Go Global Agency, an international branding and performance marketing agency. Welcome to the show, Sebastian. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. It's a pleasure. Hey, we're going to get into a whole bunch of technical stuff and SEO, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you, were those baseball bats by any chance made of ironwood? They were not. They were made out of guayabi wood. And guayabi was uh, coming from northern Argentina, and they are denser and more flexible than maple or ash. That was the differentiator there. So it was a totally new new feel for baseball players there. <laughs> I bet it was. So you made, so you made a transition, obviously an, an entrepreneur, but you made a transition from that. Were you involved in digitally marketing the baseball bats? Is that how that started? I was. I was. When we formed a strategic partnership, essentially when we got funding, per se, right? So when we got some funding, it was brought under the umbrella of another a sporting goods company that had about 60 SKUs under them, right? All kinds of different sporting good equipment right. and uh, different brands under the umbrella. And so what I did was, this was early on as social media marketing was kind of just starting to be a thing. SEO had obviously been around, but social media was just starting to be a thing. So um, I took a very small budget of about $11,000 and turned that into $350,000 in sales. And everybody around me was like, oh, so this digital marketing thing is for real. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of how it all started. And and so when we talk about, you know, obviously things have just gone so far, so fast um, in, in the digital marketing in, in the whole space. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's cars or small package goods or whatever it is. But of that, there's a whole group of things that I think still remain pretty much unknowns to the bulk of people out there. And that includes even entrepreneurs who have e-commerce sites or maybe on Amazon or whatever. So can, can you talk to us a little bit about why you focused on search engine optimization? And in fact, what does that really mean? search engine optimization. Sure, sure, yeah. SEO is definitely one of those things that people still don't really, like they know what it is, they know it's super important, but they're like, it's a little bit nebulous, right? It's a little bit foggy. They don't really know what's going on on the back end, like if there's some tricks happening or if there's like some automated things that make things work. Um, and, and the problem too is that a lot of people get offered these SEO services that, that are like outsourced 
terms and you know they're like you know we'll get you this we'll get you that and they, they show them traffic they show them backlinks uh long story short it's nebulous because there are many aspects to it and what it is essentially is making sure in a very uh simple way is making sure that all things on a technical side and on the content side are being done right and in an optimized manner in order for google or other search engines to show you to give you rankings right to show your right. page to users and the whole point that the idea behind Google ranking your website is in order to show a better user experience. Because the more you know, people click through to your website, the longer they stay on, the better experience they have, the more of an authority Google is as a search engine. So Google wants to make sure that the results that they are feeding search engine results pages are optimized. Right. And that right. brings in all kinds of items like you just said. There's lots of different facets to, to SEO and we'll, we'll talk about three main aspects of it today. Um, so, and, and, and let me ask about this, which is, of course, obviously these things are sort of self-feeding. You know, Google does that, Amazon does that in terms of measuring the time and spent whatever. But m most of us think about when somebody says SEO, we think about keywords, right? And how important are keywords in that search and, and how much of it is determined out of that and, and other factors. Can you talk to us about, you know, keywords and why that's so critically important? Super important and critically important, and also not just a single kind of obsession factor that people have. Uh, a lot of times, uh, companies will come up to us and they say, we just want to rank on the first page of Google for this, this search term. <laughs> and it's not quite that simple. And, and if you do, that's great, right? But if overall organic traffic is going up because you're doing all kinds of different things right on, on the SEO side, then that organic traffic is gonna, is gonna be what brings you the most uh, leads, the most sales, the most conversions. Because organic traffic, first and foremost, the most important thing that I failed to mention about SEO is that organic traffic converts the highest out of any other type of traffic, whether that be uh, referral, um, social, uh, with, with affiliate marketing, you know, any type of traffic direct, whatever it is, organic will always convert the highest, right? So keywords, right? I would say there's look there's three main pillars to SEO there's technical SEO there's content marketing which is blogging copywriting and that's where kind of keywords come into play right. and then there's backlinking backlinking is what I like to call modern-day digital PR right it's getting others to talk about you and link back to you right right so we like to start talking about technical before we get into content and keywords and copywriting and so Technical basically is all those things that most people don't ever care to know about or learn about and they just kind of sound really boring, right? So it's everything on the back end of your website, everything being technically sound, right? It's, it's page speed, compressions, robot.txt files, it's are there any errors happening, all those things that need to be technically sound <laughs> Correct. on the website, yes. right? Yep. And then you've got something really important, which is URL taxonomy, for example, which is the hierarchy of how your URLs um, you know, are essentially set in your website and how that's feeding the search engines. The, the way I like to, to, to explain that is pretend that your website is a file cabinet, right? So that file cabinet has separate drawers and then within the drawers, you've got folders and within the folders, you've got subfolders, right? And yep. that's the best way for you to find your pages that you're actually looking for, right? So that's an optimized URL taxonomy and hierarchy 
if it's organized correctly and that's fed to search engine um, spiders that are crawling the internet to make sure they understand and they're indexing your website, if it's done in an organized manner, then essentially search engines result pages are going to start showing your pages correctly, displaying those correctly because it's organized. If you're just giving Google a ton of sheets of paper, it doesn't really understand the information, right? So that's part of kind of that whole technical aspect, right? Uh, URL taxonomy, hierarchy, and then you get into metadata. And this is the stuff when you search something on Google and you see, right, you see the page title, right? That's the highlighted clickable link. And then below it is the meta description, which is a short description about what that page is about. And this is like basic, right? You've got to have page titles and you've got to have optimized uh, metadata on every single page of your website. Like you, you've got to have this, right? This is the basic, basic part of technical SEO. And then you get into the keywords aspect that you're talking about, right? So what you do is you, let's say you come to me and you say, hey, Seb, we want to rank for this search term. So what we do is we say, okay, let's take this search term Let's look at actually three to five major uh, search terms or keyword phrases, and then let's create hundreds and even thousands of variations of this of search that. term, yep. of that specific one. We create thousands of it, and then we look at what is the monthly search volume for this? Uh, what is the competition for this search term, right? And so out of that entire, what we call a keyword research uh, analysis and categorization, is where we can create what we call a content gap analysis. And so out of a content gap analysis comes the actual, like the nitty gritty of like, hey, out of all this information, out of all this boring research that we did, right? Which to, to me, to SEO nerds, not that boring, but um, <laughs> out of all this research, where are there content gaps in order for us to create content around, whether that is in, in a blog format or just simply in the copywriting within the websites, so that we may now rank for or have an opportunity to rank for search phrases and keywords. That's why there's a lot of back-end work that goes into right. that actual you know, creation of the content. Because now it's like, okay, cool, you know what? Let's come up with a six-month content calendar. We're gonna write eight blogs a month and we're gonna optimize our keywords this way and that way across the website so that we get a shot at ranking for these search terms and increasing that organic traffic, right? So, Seb, let's, let's back up for just a second. So, on the first pillar, technical, is what, as a total neophyte, I would probably call the machinery part of this, which is the building of the website so that it works to an optimal situation, I mean, right? So that you're going to show up and search and whatever, and that you, you have keywords in it. Is, is that, so that basically is the building of the yeah, website, the not just going on WordPress, it's... right? <laughs> It's the com yeah, it's the combination of the machinery, like you called it, with the planning. So it's really, you know, if we want to, it would be better called phase one slash technical, right? So I would right. go phase sure. one, phase two, right? So phase one, technical, there's a lot of cleanup that needs to happen a lot of times on deep websites. It's getting all those things right, quote unquote, right? The machinery, how it's, how is the page speed correct? Is there an XML sitemap? Are there canonical tags? Uh, are the compressions being done correctly on images so that they show in ultra high resolution, um, but it's not taking a long time to load, for example, right? right, right. Um, like I was explaining that URL, taxonomy, and hierarchy. Uh, are the page titles and metadata in there? Are there you know, header tags? Um, are there subheaders throughout that are keyword focused and things like that? So all those things 
set you up for doing that further research on the keywords um, and that kind of categorization of keywords and search terms so that you can come up with a content gap analysis, right? Which also is great to, to do a, really more of an in-depth competitive analysis too. Hey, what are my top three to five competitors doing? What are they doing on all these other SEO pillars? Where, like, if they're doing something I'm not, then I better be doing it. And <laughs> if they're not doing something, then I better be doing it too, because that's where I'm gonna get to beat them, right? Right. So uh, that co competitive analysis is is very important part of that phase one as well that will lead to that content calendar that you're gonna create, whether that's a six-month content calendar, three-month, 12-month, and having, obviously, that flexibility to, um, to include different types of content in there and not just be robotic about it, right? Now, Sebastian, are you shooting, a, the, the, the gap analysis is, is really interesting. I mean, in, mm -hmm. in coming up with keywords that you may miss or whatever, when working with my clients and there's a discussion about we need more keywords or whatever, I say, well, let's go on Amazon and check your competitors' reviews. Let's talk about what your competitors' customers use to describe the product or the product line. And then if you aren't using those, well, you should be, you know, we, we can add stuff there. But when you get to, and I'm assuming in the more developed categories, there's probably less large gaps, right? Because everybody hires an agency and everybody comes to somewhat similar conclusions, right? When they, when they get done. But do you then try to take a certain amount of that content development and go, okay, you need to have, let's just say that you're a chocolate company. You need a certain amount of this content it needs to be about basic chocolate stuff so that people will find you. But our com uh, content gap analysis has said, well, what people are not talking about is single origin country specific chocolate. So bam, we need to do something like that. Is that how you kind of wrench that out? That's a great Great question and a great point that you're bringing up. So that brings up two things. Uh, one is the aspect that we're going towards longer tail, long tail search phrases and keywords, right? right? Whether it is because of the voice search revolution, right? Where you're going, hey, Alexa, where can I find, you know, the best <laughs> single origin chocolate, blah, 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 blah. Right. So what, because we're speaking to Alexa, to Google, to Siri, we're speaking in more complete sentences. While back in the day, you would just go to Google, like if you were just like, you know, you would just say, you know, chocolate. Right, <laughs> type, in, type in chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, so now you're speaking to your phone, you're speaking to search engines, and you're saying long sentences. So first of all, considering that now there are longer phrases being searched, that's actually changing the space for that that content gap. So it's actually creating new gaps that weren't really there before. We can now create content around more detailed questions that people are asking. Ah, right? because if, if you so, miss if you miss a word, you miss the search. Yeah, essentially yeah. you do. If if you've got six six words in a search phrase and you're coming up for an exact match because you created a content piece exactly around what that person's searching, you're much more likely to rank there's right. other factors right there's other ranking factors because of all the technical stuff we talked about there's domain authority right how authoritative your page is etc cetera, etc cetera. but you creating a content piece around something exactly people are asking about and nobody else has created that there's a high chance you're going to be ranking for that on page one and so that that long tail uh search phrase strategy is a, is a new thing nowadays because of voice search simply because people are now searching and in uh, longer sentences, in complete sentences. And number two that I wanted to say to that was that 
you've got there's there's a lifestyle aspect of content marketing, of blog creation, copywriting, and then there's that SEO focus, is w- which is what we're talking about. Right. It's extremely important to create content around both of those pillars, and you may have you know four or five different categories depending on what your business is, but lifestyle and SEO focused content. Both of them are extremely important because otherwise it's going to be really dry. You're only going to be talking about product. You're only going to be talking about a specific problem you're trying to solve. And you're never going to be talking about, you know, something that is more lifestyle oriented, whether that is, you know, happenings around your industry or just trending topics. Right. If think about this, you could be a chocolate company. Right. And if around Christmas time, you don't necessarily have to write about, you know, chocolate recipes for Christmas, which is, by the way, a combination of lifestyle and, you know, SEO focused content, right? It's a little bit of a combination. That's great, by the way. We do combination content all the time because you're hitting both pillars. But you can literally also be talking about if if that chocolate company, for example, is um, its base is in Los Angeles, then and you're talking about great places in Los Angeles to go view Christmas light shows, for example, or something like that, right? So that's purely lifestyle, has nothing to do with chocolate. But you're providing great value and lifestyle content to your users, you're sharing that on social media, you're sharing that on your newsletter, on your emails, and it's something that maybe you like that text and you go, hey, Seth, um, that article and you text me you say hey Seth, check out this article that you got from an email newsletter now i got it from you on a text message and i share it you know with my sister or my mom on a text message and now they're looking at this piece on where to view great christmas light shows in los angeles and it has nothing to do with chocolate right but you're now becoming more of a voice and an authority right yeah. online because you're creating you're creating valuable content so that's going to in turn increase the domain authority of your website and tell Google, hey, I'm an authority. People like to visit my website. People spend time on my website. They share my content. So now your chocolate piece that you created a month ago is most likely going to gain rankings as well too. Does that make sense? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it certainly does. Although it is complicated at first, it makes perfect sense when you take it on an individual (laughs) basis. Um, so, so the second pillar is, is content and, and you mentioned obviously, you know, blogging and, and copywriting, getting stuff out there. Um, there's a lot of debate around, uh, today about how much content is not enough or too much, or, you know, on one hand, there's people that say your content should be fairly focused and it needs to be relevant. And then on the other side, there's Gary V and it doesn't matter if it has any relevancy at all, uh, as long as you're just seeing him. Where, where do you go with that? Man, I love me some Gary Vee. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, they, it's a great example. It's a great thing to br- bring him up because his content strategy is simply unrealistic for most brands or personal brands, right? right if you don't sure. have a team around you creating, you know, 40 pieces of content a day, right? And, and again, we're talking SEO here, which is mainly written content, blogging and copywriting. So, you know, content marketing and, you know, you bring in logging, you can bring in, you know, videos, images, social media. There's a lot going on with content. But if we're going to stick to SEO, we're really mainly going to focus on, you know, SEO focused blogs and copywriting throughout your website. And then everything else that you're doing for content, whether that is YouTube, whether it is Instagram, TikTok, whatever that may be, that's great. But your TikTok content doesn't necessarily help your SEO. Does that make sense? Sure. So, yeah. So um, when we're talking uh, written content, how much is too much? There's there's not really an answer there. It really depends on how small or big your brand is, 
I like to say you got to at least have four to five new pieces of content per month, right? Ideally eight to 10, and that could even get a little bit too much for some people, but some websites are gonna be able to put out 20 pieces of content a month. And then there's depth, right? How deep is your content? I mean, if you're writing 100 word articles, that's pretty easy to do, that's not very deep. Google tends not to like short form content because it feels that it's lazy and you're just doing it to do it. Um, so, you know, we like to say a minimum 600 words when you're writing a blog, uh, up to, you know, a thousand or even 2000, if you're getting really technical on, on a specific subject. Right. Right. So, um, that's in terms of depth of content. And like, you know, I think, uh, you know, eight to 10 pieces is a great number, great number, uh, to really, cause that you're looking at about two pieces of content a week. And that's just, and one thing that I love about SEO, it's not just great for ranking and for driving your traffic up. It gives you great arsenal to share on social media, to share on your newsletter. It gives you so much, so much more marketing value than just the value in itself of trying to rank for keywords. Yeah, and I think one of the things with with our podcast audience, Seb, is that many of them, are, besides being involved in food or beverage or small CPG stuff, they're also mission based. You know, so in other words, they're doing things that are, um, you know, regenerative farming and they support, you know, alternate forms of protein and, 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 and of course, you know, protection of the ecology, all of those things. Um, so it's very important that they can be able to also speak about these things um, because they're passionate about them and knowledgeable as well as talking about their products. They, they've got a whole sort of whole open forum in front of them and one you know, one eventually leads to the other because that's their that's their audience, that's their tribe they're talking to. Well, Steve, now you're talking my language because I love purpose-driven brands. That's really what gets me going. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's it's so different working with clients that have purpose behind them. It's just so much more exciting and so much more fun. And that's what I truly believe is the way of the world. I think that's what's going to help change the world for you know for a better place, right? It's purpose-driven, purpose yeah. and profit companies, right? Love it. So. When it comes to that, I think that for CPG uh, brands, for beverage brands, I think that there's something very important into writing content around testimonials. So getting those actual you know, consumers of the brand, creating content around them, building stories. It's about storytelling, right? Storytelling becomes story selling, right? Yes, yes. Because Exactly. Right. So storytelling becomes storytelling uh, when it's natural, when it's organic and when it's real. So building those stories around the consumers that love your product or around the purpose, right, yep. around that purpose, around that mission, that's great content to create because, again, that's lifestyle, right? That's not, quote unquote, SEO focused, keyword targeted, right? You can, no, no. You can, right. You can make it. Way, right, but that's what really tells a story and is indirectly and subconsciously selling your brand. And we'll be talking a little bit about influencer marketing, right, a little later. But yep. that's when it comes to you know just real users of the brand, everyday people, building stories around them and creating content around that. That's that's holy grail of content right there. And and, and on that note, I've had some. You've been working with some people who have some great luck with, of course, what you've referred to as the sort of digital PR or backing, you know, that, you know, we get somebody else to talk about you as well. And that really helps with purpose driven because they will do that across across the board. Talk to us a little bit about that third pillar and how important it is. Yeah. Backlinking. Um, super important in SEO. Probably, I would say, is 
the third thing I would worry about if I was just starting to do SEO, I would make sure that I've got my phase one technical SEO and I've got my content marketing strategy in place with blogging and copywriting, those phase one and phase two. And then phase three would really be backlinking because it depends on your budget and what you're going after and how much you've grown is you know the ability to, to do that. I call it really, it's digital PR because it's the modern version of PR. You're getting other brands or other news sources, digital publications to create content themselves about you and then send a link back to you. That's why it's called backlinking, right? Right. So right. there's something that's good to understand here, which is DA, which is domain authority, right? If Forbes write a piece about me, the domain authority is very high. It's measured from zero to a hundred. So their domain authority is going to be in the nineties. So what that means is it's going to generate a lot more um, traffic to my website because they are because they have so much traffic and because they're a high authority is going to in turn increase the rankings of my website because I've got a high domain authority publication speaking about me and sending a link back to me. So why is that? Why do I call it digital PR? Because, <laughs> because. you know, it's PR, right? I mean, you got to outreach. You got to get to these publications, right? right? To speak about you, to talk about you. Um, at Soccerbox Media, we actually have uh, partnerships with hundreds of and hundreds of different publications, and it's really for for clients. It's almost like an a la carte mode. It, it's funny how it actually works. It, it it's like okay, you guys want to be on you know Forbes, or you want to be on. Um, whatever website related specifically to your industry, uh, you know, a highly trafficked blog, it's going to cost X amount of dollars to have an article published about you. Just like regular magazines work. People don't necessarily realize that. They feel that everything is just purely organic. There's actually a lot of business behind that, right? Oh, yeah. They're like, well, look we'll content around you. It doesn't mean it's fake content. It's real content. But they know that they have such a large reach and power to send all that traffic back to you, so they're going to charge you for it. And so that's link building. That's backlinking. It's this this whole outreach uh, and placement of content to talk about you. It's PR, basically, but in a digital format. Yeah, we used to call that advertorial. So it, it, was, it was editorial, exactly. but it was paid for editorial, as it were. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're gonna get some companies that that reach out and they say, "Oh, we do, um, you know, we do backlinking." You're gonna get 500 backlinks per month for 500 dollars, and that's that's BS. Um, they're they're using link farms and in other countries, and and what that's doing, it's it's sending you, you know, bad traffic. You, you don't want traffic that doesn't have an intent, and that's something that I actually I failed to mention that when we were talking about search phrases and keywords, intent is such a huge huge part of SEO. What is my intent behind my search, right? Oh, right. So, right, you were, you were talking about um, beverage brands, right? Yep. So if I just, like, you know, if I Google, you know, healthy drink, I mean, that there's probably like, you know, 20,000 searches a month, probably more for that search term. But my intent is literally, it's just to learn kind of generally about healthy drink. So if you've got a brand new healthy drink, you don't really necessarily have to worry about ranking for healthy drink, which is going to be probably impossible. And there's a very low intent, right? So, but if, if, if you're really more about a, a healthy drink, you know, during a keto diet, right? Right. And so it's like, okay, healthy keto drink post-workout. <laughs> 
Now yeah. there's yeah. high intent behind <laughs> that, right? So now there's intent. There's much more likely to actually convert. And I can guarantee you that the content gap for that, you got a much much more likely to rank for that because there's not going to be as much competition, although probably now there's probably a good amount of competition for healthy keto drinks post-workout. Um, but, it, you know, that's the difference between, you know, these big search phrases that are, you know, but I mean big in, in terms of monthly search volume, but right. they're like very general versus high intent, more specific, right? Um, but yeah, I kind of went back into what we were talking about there earlier, but very so important. If we've shed a little light on, hopefully, on, on SEO now for folks, um, we've got another area that we, we need to have some illumination on, and I know that you guys do a lot of work in this area. Um, it's one of the things that drives me crazy as a marketer trying to figure out, and that's influencer marketing and the fact that it's dramatically changed um, and, you know, you, you can't go to a convention without being approached by, you know, 50 different influence marketers now. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and the role it plays in, in helping you build your, your e-commerce network? It is, you know, and it's, it's not just, it's trendy, but it's now becoming more of like, okay, this is a real thing. It's not just a trendy thing to talk about. And I'll be honest with you, I was doing some influencer marketing before it was really a term. And, and, and I'm not saying that to show off. I'm <laughs> saying it because when we were talking about the baseball bat company, right? right? One of the first ways I got that brand to grow was by finding these kids that were on, on Instagram doing bat tricks, right? So when they were doing bat tricks, they were becoming these, they were becoming influencers, sure. which yeah. at the time, it was stars. Like, yeah. It was not even a term. Yeah, it was just like, hey, there's these popular kids that are doing these bat tricks and they're doing these videos and this and that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach out to them and we're going to gift them a bat and, you know, they're going to give us a shout out for the bat, yada, yada. And that stuff, like, we're like, wow, this really works, right? You you partner up with people that, are, that have a voice in a community, right? You do some sort of an exchange, right, That's that feels organic to them. They talk about you and it helps you grow your brand. And Hey, a couple of years went by and people started talking about influencer marketing. I was like, hey, that's what's what I was doing a few years ago. And so it's extremely important. Um, at my other agency, we were just talking about Socketbox Media at SEO. That's the first agency I co-founded. And the second one is Go Global Agency. And that's right. an international branding and performance marketing agency. And we do a lot of influencer marketing with our brands there. We've done a lot of it with, uh, with CPG brands and service brands as well. But it works great with CPG uh, and any kind of product. Um, and the, there's the first step that I would want to talk about is macro versus micro. And that's a very important thing you have to decide, <laughs> okay. is, you know, right. And, and what's do the we difference? Go macro or do we go micro? Right. Right. And go ahead. And what, what, so what's the difference between macro and a micro influencer? Exactly. So just as macro or microeconomics, right? So it's big picture, small picture. In this case, it's some, you know, it's influencers that have huge following or influencers that have smaller followings. Now, now people are talking about nano influencers, right? So you've got nano influencers are people that have somewhere between 500 to 1500 followers. So that's, you know, almost like the average person. And then you've got micro influencers that are somewhere between 5,000 and 15,000 followers. Right. And, and even up to 50,000 followers could be considered a micro influencer. And then macro is 100,000 followers up to millions. And 
in my opinion, depending on what you are trying to achieve, micro-influencers are the way to go. It's going to be the, the most bang for your buck, right? You're going to get the most exposure and it's going to feel the most organic, the most real right. to, the, you know, to the consumer. Now, there's the big brands that just want to go for brand awareness. Macro-influencer marketing is great. If you can get those influencers that have a million-plus followers – you know, that's great to partner up with them. Those are more almost strategic partnerships than influencer marketing, right? It's been around for years and years and decades, right? Sure. So um, the, the macros are going to get a lot of exposure, probably not a lot of, you know, conversion that you're going to be able to track from it. It's kind of like a billboard on a freeway, right? You see it, it's there, creates yep. awareness. Yep. Um, but yeah, micro-influencer marketing. I think, you know, once you decided, okay, I want to go with a large-scale micro-influencer marketing campaign, okay, you have to find the ideal influencers. So what does that mean? Okay, what is our brand about? If we're going to use that example of the healthy keto post-workout drink, right, let's find, you know, people on social that are talking about keto, that are talking about, uh, you know, these type of workouts. And we're going to reach out to them and we're going to actually have a real connection. And this is why influencer marketing is really easy and really hard at the same time because <laughs> yeah. it's easy It's easy in terms of what you have to do, right? Because I'm going to give you some of these steps, right? But the actual execution of it at a, at a scaled mass level is the tough part because it's extremely time consuming and you're dealing with human beings, right? So you're – you know, we're, for example, SEO, we're like, okay, we're just going to do this technical thing right, and then we're going to create this content, we're going to do this, this, and that, and then you're going to execute it. With influencer marketing, you're dealing with independent, you know, individual human beings that have their own lives, that forget to do things that they promised to do, that maybe did something <laughs> differently as they wanted to do it, right? And so if you're dealing with two or three, no big deal, but if you're talking like, oh, we're going to launch this, this new, you know, keto post-workout beverage, and when we go to market, we want to do, we want to have 200 micro-marketers, uh, micro-influencers, excuse me, talking about a brand, which is a great strategy in my opinion, and, and, and it's, it's going to work, Right. it's going to be tough to execute. You have to outreach, right? You're going to have to pitch to them why you feel that they are great for the brand, and, you know, essentially, what are they going to get out of it? Is yes. it going to be some product? Uh, and a small payment, is it gonna be a small payment, a large payment, um, or just product, or they love your brand so much, it's nothing, they're willing to just do it, right? Um, then you have to come up with some sort of an agreement, right? Is that content going to live um, you know, on social for X amount of time? Are you allowed to use it you know, past that campaign? Are you allowed to repurpose it? Do you own the content? Do they own the uh, content? Yes. So there's all these things that you have to, right? right? So this is yep. pretty important in that whole pitch and agreement process, right? So now let's say that you've decided, you know, we're gonna do a micro-influencer marketing campaign. We're gonna go after 200 influencers. You've found the ideal target influencer because they've got those followers that are just gonna just that they're gonna love that keto drink that you've got, right? Yep. And we've now outreached, we've pitched, and we've signed agreements with all two hundred of them. Now we have to execute this. So now I gotta make sure that my warehouse is, you know, obviously shipping to these two hundred influencers with maybe something a little extra that I wanted to add in there. Right. Sure. Uh, yep. A little post a little postcard that, you know, says to them, thank you so much for being a part of this. And gives them maybe a little bit of the direction in the content they have to create for you. Now, this is where some people differ in opinion. 
I love leaving it really open-ended and letting their creativity shine. They are becoming, you know, they're micro-influencers because they're creative, right? And they create great content. Let them create the content, right? And that's going to be great because, in my opinion, why I think influencer marketing is epic and it's just really good bang for your buck is all of a sudden, I've got 200 brand new pieces of content, whether that's video, images, whatever, that I didn't have to go out and pay a production company to shoot. And they've created it all themselves with their own creativity, which means they're all different from each other. And as long as there's, you know, they're staying on brand, but they're creating their own content, it's just an amazing way to get a ton of content created for your, for your brand. Right. And it's, right? Trans- so, it's transparent because they're doing it. So exactly. It feels real to the end user. It's going to be more creative than what you could have done because you've got 200 different brains working on it. Right. And so now you've got all this great content and it's, you know, executing it and managing it. So managing, you know, when they're going to be going up, uh, how you're going to be reposting the content, what platforms, you know, uh, what format, et cetera, et cetera. So there's that whole aspect of the management and execution of it. But Again, I, I think it's just so beautiful because you've got all this content for that final step, which I like to say complete, it's completing the ecosystem. Yes. And it's the final <laughs> step, repurposing the content. You've got all this great content. Man, we we did this, you know, we planned out this micro marketing campaign in January. We were outreach. We got everybody to sign a contract in February. We got all the content in March. But dang, I got content for the rest of the year, man. Like, I've got a ton of content now. So I can work with it. If you're not repurposing the content, you're really missing out, uh, missing out on that value. So that's why I think influencer marketing is so important to 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 really, you know, get after it. If you're a CPG or a beverage brand or whatever kind of product that you may have, with services is a little bit more difficult because a lot most of you know the social platforms that we're thinking, whether that is Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok now, right? It's more it lends itself more to the creative with the product than with the service. But you can still get creative with a service. So Seb, if if let's go back to our our our, our keto post workout drink person. So let's say, you know, I found something, I got a formula, I'm I'm getting it made a little bit. I I I'm selling something maybe off the website, maybe I'm selling farmers markets on a local basis. I might even be on Amazon, let's just say. I somehow got on Amazon, great. So when I come to you guys, I come to Soccer Box, what is it that you try to do initially in, 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 you know, to, to figure out how to help this person and what kind of service stuff do you then provide? So on the influencer marketing side, so that's gonna be Go Global. So um, Soccer Box is gonna be the SEO. Okay. So. Let me ask you. That. So the question again is, where where do they like? How do I know where do they where they want to start? Right. Where do they want to start? They probably want to start at Socket Box and then move on. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, digital marketing has so many different pillars, right? In an ideal world, you want to be doing all of it. Um, the first thing we do is we do with SEO, we do a, an analysis and we do an audit, right? We do a website audit. Sure. We look at the, the website. What this, where it's at today, what is its current standing? And then we say, okay, you've got all these things that just need to be fixed from the get-go, right? Yep. In order for us to create a plan and then execute that plan, right? Um, that's gonna be the first step. And it's also, it's are you starting from scratch or are you a 10-year-old website that just really needs to you know, be improved and get revamped? And what are really your goals? It totally depends on the goal. So the goal is, hey, we want long-term 
we want long-term traffic that's going to have high intent, that's going to be converting online, and also going to be driving great awareness for people to go buy this product in store later on, right? right. And so, yep. depending on what that is, is it you know if you want fast results, then I'm going to say you know what SEO is not going to be fast results, right? That's going to be you know your paid search, it's going to be your paid social media, right? It's going to be running ads, pay to play, pay right. now, get results now, right? Yep. So SEO is going to be a bit long term, but it's it's kind of the way to go to it. I like to say, hey, if you're really out of shape and you know you're not eating well and you're not going to the gym, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I started eating well and I started going to the gym, and it's been like two weeks, and I want to lose 50 pounds and I haven't lost anything. Well, that's kind of like how SEO works, you right. know. So <laughs> you you're gonna to have to be a little bit patient with it. And then, and then you start seeing results, right? So now you're like, oh man, month three, four, five, six, I'm really starting to see my organic rankings go up, right? So I'm feeling good, I'm feeling healthy, right? I'm feeling good, I'm gonna, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna start eating pizza again every day and I'm gonna stop working out because I've already lost 20 pounds and I feel great. Well, guess what? Just the same with that, same yep. with SEO. All of a sudden, your rankings are gonna start going down again, you're not gonna be seeing those results. So it's definitely an ongoing, long-term plan. That, that's kind of where, where SEO, falls in terms of digital marketing. I think it's extremely important and it's essential and it's long-term. Right. And on the influencer marketing side, if you came to us at Go Global Agency, that's gonna be more of what is this campaign, what are we trying to execute? If we're trying to execute something long-term with influencers, um, that's that's we actually call that an influencer ambassador pro program. So we're getting, we, we do an initial influencer marketing campaign. Let's say we do work with 100 influencers. We say which, we, we record all the data, who's getting the most engagement, the most comments, likes, responses, whatever that may right. be, who yep. created the, the best content. These top 10 people out of the 100 created the best content, they got the most engagement. Let's make those brand ambassadors. So that's more of like this ongoing influencer marketing that you've got going on. But usually influencer marketing is, is very campaign based. Hey, we're launching a brand new product. We're, launch, we're launching a brand new line. We want to go to market on this date or we want to go over the next three months, we want to be you know hitting people all over the place with this, with this new product or this new line, right? So that's kind of how influencer marketing usually goes. And then you choose your ambassadors to keep that going. To keep over, it going. You know, a year or two years. Exactly. And yeah. if folks want to find out more about either agency, Sebastian, where do they look? So Socketbox Media is going to be sb.agency. That's sb as in Socketbox or Santa Barbara. Um, so sb.agency. And Go Global Agency is goglobal.agency. Okay. And you can find me on LinkedIn. I actually love doing marketing videos. Uh, I've done a ton of them just in 2019, and uh, just you know, just to provide value, get some free tips. Uh, just find me, Sebastian Nam. Um, I'm the only Sebastian Nam, luckily, actually, uh, other than my father. But <laughs> there will probably be a, a big difference. And that's, the that's image. N A U M <laughs> on the last name. N A U M, Sebastian Nam. Correct. So Sebastian N A U M. And Correct. LinkedIn is like our favorite platform professionally, so we we got that. We know how that Perfect. works. Good. I love it. I mean, it's blown up as a content marketing platform, so I'm excited about it. I love it. Yeah, and B2B, it's just essential. I, I like to say you're either LinkedIn or locked out. That's <laughs> the way it, it goes. Great. Hey, I really appreciate you being with us today, Sebastian. You know, and kind of what we try to do is we try to trap all of our guests uh, into kind of boiling down um, 
you're boiling down their experience and you have, of course, direct entrepreneurial experience as well as agency experience. And so we're, we're kind of kindred spirits in, in that sense. We've seen both sides of the of the game, as it were. But if you had one topic or one word or one issue that you think fellow entrepreneurs out there listening should should know, what would you uh, what would you hone in on? I would say purpose. Absolutely. Purpose. If yeah. you find purpose, if you find a way to weave purpose into the DNA of your company, of your product, of your brand, it's going to do a lot for you. It's going to make your employees and everyone around you care much more about the, the company. They're going to be, feel way more connected, which is going to bring you um, more productivity and more ROI. You're going to be giving back and, and, and helping whatever with whatever mission that is. And it's going to, in turn, just make you a happier person and, and have purpose in life. So purpose in life and purpose in your product and brand, I think it's a great way to live. Absolutely. Well, Steve, you know, I actually want to give some great offers to your listeners out there. Um, I strongly believe that many listeners out there have brands that can highly benefit the same way that many of our clients are benefiting today. For sure. Uh, for example, yeah, we've worked on an epic influencer marketing campaign for a company called Manuka Health. They're a very large New Zealand Manuka honey brand that's in Whole Foods, they're in Sprouts. And it was an incredible micro-influencer marketing campaign with lots of traction, amazing content created. And I feel that many brands listening today have that very similar profile. Um, so Go yep. Global Agency will completely waive the kickoff fee for any influencer campaign that comes referred directly from this podcast. So okay, wow. all Thank you guys got to do is just let me know you listen to this. And, uh, and I, I, again, I think it could be highly beneficial for, for a lot of the brands listening out there today. And Steve, for SEO at Socketbox Media, we work with clients that range from very small, local, and geo-targeted SEO to large-scale, national-level clients, right. such as Live Nation. Uh, Live Nation we've had on board for almost three years ago. And again, we do big clients, small clients, and everything in between. So I'm sure the brands listening today find themselves somewhere between. And uh, we want to extend an epic discount to them. Anyone that reaches out from the podcast gets 20% off SEO services for the first six months. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah, so, and, and check it out, Steve. I want to make it really easy for listeners to contact me. Okay. So I'm going to give out my personal cell number, and I'll let you know if anybody sends anything funny. Now you'll you, you oh. get a five of your listeners. Uh, uh, hey, it's, but, uh, it's up to you. <laughs> I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to make people uh, feel comfortable with reaching out, letting me know if they have any further questions about anything we talked about today or ask about the discounts or just simply get some advice. So uh, my name again, guys, it's Sebastian Anam, and it's 949-322-2464. That's 949-322-2464. Shoot me a text. Let's talk digital marketing. And you can also check out our website, Suckerbox at www.sb.agency that's sb as in socket box and go global agency at www.goglobal.agency so i hope to hear from you guys and uh steve again you know it's been truly a pleasure today hey that's just awesome sebastian well by the way we'll include that that number in the in the mail as mailing as well uh and and the uh really appreciate the offer and uh, folks out there if you are in need of the services um definitely something that you should uh, look into so uh, sebastian again thanks for your time thanks for the explanation on seo and influencer because it's it's a deep well my friend a deep well <laughs> absolutely thank you steve okay and thanks to all of you for joining both of us here on the next level brands podcast today this broadcast was brought to you by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of courses, workshops, webinars, group, and one-on-one -on -one coaching for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. 
If you'd like to know more, check out the details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. This is Steve Clear, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.